0: Bootstrapped Web, we're back on it. Uh, Jordan, how's it going, buddy? You are over there in, in uh, Chicago. Yes,
1: yes, coming at you from a new studio in downtown Evanston, Illinois, where I have a co-working office until our house is ready, and then my home office is ready. You plan to work in the in the house primarily. Yes, yes, it has. It has. I finally have like my own office, like a, a, a bedroom of my own. How's the new house? The new house is great. It's a lot of fun. It's just been an exciting few days. We just got here five or six days ago. And so I just saw the house for the first time, like in real life, not on a FaceTime tour. <laughs> same same with the kids. Any, any surprises, good or bad? I mean, the neighborhood is beautiful. We have work to do, which we've never done in the house. So the, the last house we bought, it was like done. So we just
0: moved in and didn't have to change anything yeah we had a ton of work to do in this house right when we moved in including making my office here okay cool yeah the only thing i did the last house was i added like 20 dimmers because i can't stand bright light (laughs) oh yeah that's a big problem in my office here like right now it's it's afternoon and for now the rest of the day it gets like it looks like i'm in a cave over here if I turn the lights on, then then it's like way too bright. So too bright. Yes, yeah. I'm 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 big on lighting. I don't know what happened over the last few years, but now I care about lighting a lot. Listeners can't see this, but I just got these lights on top of my monitor to it's not a ring, it's like a bar, but anyway. Okay, okay. Yeah, nice. The problem is that we can't get into the house until like October 15th. <laughs> so Oh, so you're you're in like a rental? There
1: are no rentals. There are no Airbnbs. There's nothing. We are in a residence in long-term hotel.
0: Wish me luck. (laughs) (laughs) Those are actually pretty comfortable. Like there's a lot of these, like, they're these like hotels that are trying to compete with Airbnbs. So they're like an actual suite, you know? Yes. It's like one of those. So I think we're going to make it fun, you know, waffle breakfast
1: for the kids every morning, that like whole type of thing, but it's good. If it is fun to change your environment, right? I haven't done it in a while. And
0: yeah, you kind of get like new energy and I I feel good motivated. I only just recently, like in the last two weeks started, restarted what I used to do before COVID, which was at least three times a week, go work over at Starbucks. Yeah. Get out of the house. You know, I mean, it's not like I was avoiding Starbucks in the last year or two, but I had, I hadn't gotten back into the habit of working somewhere else other than home since COVID that's my like go-to energy boost, uh, Just like, if if I'm not focusing, if I'm not being productive, it's like, go, go somewhere else, you know? Yeah. I have,
1: I have, I'm still in the struggle to get back into a productive mode because, you know, packing your house is an exhausting, exhausting experience. And then we went away to Michigan where I promptly got COVID and like sequestered myself into a, you know, a bunker for a week. And it, it wrecked me. I'm still, I'm just getting to hundred percent. Now it's been like 15 days and then we moved here. And then I get this co-working office set up yesterday. And I'm like, it's tough to be productive in that environment and I don't have a choice. So I've been decently productive but I
0: don't feel
1: in the groove yet.
0: I'm a few weeks out after COVID now. I'm basically all, all recovered. But I, I keep wondering, you know about this idea of brain fog. There, I don't know if it's just summertime and the, the fact that it's so hot that I'm, I feel a little bit slower than usual in terms of my daily productivity and focus. And I don't, know, I don't know if it's that or if there's some brain effects after COVID. I hate it. My illness
1: was 100% from the neck up. I had nothing, nothing, no cough, no lung, nothing. It was just brain dead. I was so foggy, I could barely walk and coming out of that took forever it took absolutely forever and now it's great to get my brain back but i'm i'm with you sometimes i'm not like 100%
0: there it's very very frustrating well uh let's try and focus on on some business talk here yes that's right <laughs> that's right there, it's been a while so we we got we got a lot of updates it's tough to even know where to begin one one big one for me i think for you too right is like company focusing on, on the company itself. I, I love this idea that Jason Fried has talked about in the past, like treating your company like a product. And for the first time for ZipMess, so I grew the team in the last month. And I, and I feel like it's like all of a sudden uh, we actually have a team. I mean, I've had a team with, develop, with the two developers, basically for the first year and a half, it's been me plus two developers in India. And our entire company culture is GitHub issues, essentially. <laughs> And so it's, you know, there's not a whole lot there, really no need to spend much time on like project management tools and documenting processes and caring that much about company culture and that sort of stuff. I think I talked about it last time. Claire Emerson joined the team. She is the uh, marketing coordinator working with me on just coordinating all, all of our marketing projects. I replaced our SEO content shop. I didn't really like the initial direction they were going in. So I brought in a new SEO strategist, he, he's on retainer doing keyword, like more technical keyword research. Uh, a writer that I've worked with in the past has, has come on to up the quality on our writing. And then I brought on a VA to help with some influencer outreach and contact research, that sort of stuff. And so now I have all these people, well, the, the VA and her name is Aaliyah and, and Claire they're like in our Slack and in Notion. So I, I consider them team members. And so now we have like a more of a team atmosphere. You know, we, we've committed to, to Notion as our source of truth. So like I, I've been working a lot on like marketing processes. I can get more into that. But just on the company side, like I've been documenting a lot of processes in Notion. And then we're using a lot of Notion to manage our marketing projects and communicate on that kind of stuff. I'm trying to do things differently in ZipMessage than I've done in my previous teams and, and businesses because building a SaaS is a much different type of thing where we're literally building new things and we're shipping new things every month on marketing, on, on brand, on product. So I need to be more present with the team than I've been in the past. And back in audience ops, I was checked out a lot of the time you know, cause it was like more process oriented. Yep. Yeah. This is like, I'm in it. These are my teammates. We're collaborating. Right. Yeah. And and we're across five continents, which is crazy. And we do it entirely asynchronous. So we're about three or four weeks into this now. It's weird. Like all you other SaaS companies, you, this is not new to you, but for me, it's new. We have a Friday weekly update, like kind of a standup, but it's all asynchronous. We post, we post on zip message. And, you know, five minutes on what you worked on this week, what you're working on next week, some blockers. I, I include some updates some company updates and stuff like that. And then uh, added photo Friday. So everyone's sharing a photo and, uh, you know, show us where you live, show us what you're up to. And it's been fun. And, and it's like, I'm not used to having these like, like I, I have to show up for these too. And I have to post my updates too, you know. It is tricky. Because some, sometimes
1: you don't want to do it personally, but you know, you should do it. But then does it feel strange to
0: make other people do something that you don't really want to do? That, but that's you know always that's been right. my hesitation.
1: Yes, it's really, you know, really good. I,
0: I always hesitate to like ask people to put in extra time on things. Because like we, we do natural updates in our project work, whether it's in a GitHub issue or, you know, we have individual projects where me and Claire are going back and forth on zip message. So we already know what we're working on together. But the purpose of this is so that the product team and the marketing team know what each other are worth. Are, they're, they're not in two silos. And it's been fun to get the, the, the folks from India like involved and see more of their culture and stuff. And Aaliyah, our assistant, she's in South Africa and Claire is in Australia. So it's, it's just been fun to... Uh, we're working on a lot of projects, especially on the marketing side. And uh, it's just been pretty cool to like... Like all of a sudden in the last two months, I've been spending... Almost all my time on that kind of stuff, like company processes, marketing processes, documenting where things are happening, and it has taken me off of the product. but now now that a lot of that stuff is built and up and running and and Claire's off and running with this stuff, I can start to turn my focus back to product now,
1: so. yeah, it's almost like it's taken your attention toward a different product the the, the company the company yeah. product that's right. I hear you what what happened to me. Went on vacation, and you know, you always want to read a good book on vacation. So I got a new book called "The Founders," which is the story of PayPal. Oh yeah, That's on which my is lip. it's 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 a good book and it's a fascinating story, right? It's just cool to read about the history of this stuff back then and how it came together. And you know, it was like Elon Musk's company X dot com and Max Levchin. David Sachs and, and, and that company called Confinity and they came together to form PayPal because they kind of, it made sense for them to merge, but how it all happened and all this stuff and basically reading about people who were in very similar shoes as us, like thinking through all this stuff, product, these gambles, the risks, the stress, the infighting, the personal stuff. So that just triggered an endless fountain of ideas. And I, I basically realized, Oh my God, what, what, what have I been doing? I forgot to mix in business books and get the energy and the benefit of the ideas that come up for your own business as you're reading business books. Like I kind of like went off that for a while and I, you know, I read fiction and sci-fi, which is fun. I'm back on sci-fi now for
0: the first time in a long
1: time. I mean, that's the Hail
0: Mary project. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> And the Mets. I'm watching a lot of Mets. That that's been that's been fun too. A lot of Mets. Yeah. Uh,
1: I see. So w- where that led me to is is thinking, okay, I need a book now on company culture, making work more joyful, just focusing on that because we have we have something like 24 people, and I feel too absent, and I think that's a theme for me because I I have genuinely been absent for a while. Right, I, I can't talk in too much detail, but I went bye-bye. I went fundraising, and fundraising was intense because the market completely turned and it went from like, well, this should be easy. Let's go talk to a few people and you know gather the checks and, and cash them. It'll be from, the end of the week, right? It went from that to oh, this is serious. This is existential. A lot of the investors that would have been potential investors just got taken out because they weren't investing. It went. Real serious, and because of that, it required one hundred percent of my focus. And when that happens, you know you, you kind of lose touch. I lost touch with the team, I lost touch with the product, I lost touch with what needs to happen. I lost touch with like the like the flow. I mean, I was still in there and doing these calls and meetings and everything, but my attention was on the priorities number one, two and three, which were all the same thing. It was all fundraising so Recently, I have been able to focus on that a lot less. And when when I refocused on the company and the product is when I realized, oh, I, I got I got work to do. I got work to do on the culture. I got work to do on the communications. I work to do on making things more fun, and I have work to do on hiring. And so right now, that attention is toward sales, marketing, go to market customer success, solutions engineering, basically the, the systems in place to grow quickly.
0: I'm curious, what is solutions engineering?
1: So for us, we have a relatively complex product. It's not crazy complex, but it does require some engineering work with almost every merchant.
0: To like onboard on them and get them
1: hooked up. That's right. To onboard them, to test, to make sure it works with this integration or that integration and get them this thing and the button we want over here. And can we make it look like this? So there's just mm-hmm. some engineering involved in onboarding. Yeah. And right. That shouldn't be the backend engineering team. It shouldn't be the salespeople. It shouldn't be customer support. It's kind of like its own thing. So it's it's an interesting role. And we hired someone there a month ago and he's been great. Craig.
0: Well, you know, on that on that role, I could see this like in, in in my company as as we evolve, and and I think a lot of SaaS. You know, there's this whole space of no code, right? And I'm also seeing quite a few no code consultants now, like people who just specialize in like hire me and I'll hook up your all of your Zapier zaps to some, and hook up your email marketing, all this. And I, I think that that can be a, a role for SaaS to do that role that you're talking about. Solutions, and like, you know, there's a lot of SaaS doing onboarding and setup, but hiring someone who is just in charge of like, oh, they need this, they need our tool to hook up with that. So, so, so hook up this complex Zapier connection. Yes. Them, you know, it,
1: anytime we have left that entirely up to the prospect, the probability of them getting fully onboarded and successful is just much lower.
0: Yeah. And I mean, so that's what we're doing right now. It's like, yeah, sure. Go check out our Zapier integration. Check out the docs over here. Good luck. Like that's what we're doing right now. And it's not ideal. you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it has felt great. And also a little scary in the last few weeks to kind of refocus and realize, oh, we're behind on this and this and this. And at the same time, it's really energizing to get job ads up and start hiring people and interviewing people. So right now we're hiring for marketing, three sales roles and customer success.
0: How are you building out the sales team? What's the strategy there? Like, do you have like what do they call it? Like, you know, farmers and and closers and what, what's the- yeah. So this was
1: so we 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 had and currently have sales like up and running. It's not built out, but we do have two people on it. We have the the person we hired originally for BizDev is now focused on sales because it makes sense for right now. And we have an AE, account executive in sales, and and the two of them got the function off the ground. And so what that meant was, at first, our strategy was, let's go manual. Let's send thoughtful emails that increase the likelihood of getting into live conversations. And then let's learn from the market. Let's see what they're desires are, what their blockers are, what words they're using, which features they're focused on. Let's like learn before we go out and start sending a lot of emails and cold, you know, outreach and that sort of thing. So we did that for a while and then we took all those learnings and then got data sources. So, you know, how do we get contact information? How do we get lists? How do we do that in a much more scalable way? I've been working on a lot of that this past month. Okay. So, yeah, we, we have, you know, we've got our tech stack and we've got, a decent number of emails going out every day—not a lot, but not a little—and that has worked. So all of a sudden, we have a bunch of opportunities. And so when I turned back to focus on that, I basically went and talked to a bunch of peers, a bunch of other founders, anyone who would talk to me that has direct SaaS sales experience, like in 2022, like now, like what what is actually working and happening now. My friend Jimmy over at SendLane was like my jackpot. He has been focused on this for years and they got it to click. And he basically downloaded every lesson learned, mistake, screw up, just everything and I just took notes and I was like thank you. You know, like an hour conversation that was just worth like an infinity on on avoiding mistakes. And that was really good, but then there's still an endless number of questions. Okay, what should the team structure be? What should the ratio of AEs to SDRs be? What should the compensation be? What? How do we come up with quotas? I, I just had an endless number of questions. So I had two choices, right? I either answer those questions with a full-time, more senior sales manager, or I kind of get things started on my own and then hire a manager later. Because right now, we need production, We need people who are going to go out and generate opportunities and close deals. I don't want to hire the management layer, right? The management layer is the most expensive layer and the least productive when it comes to actual like opportunities. So I felt kind of stuck. So what I did was I got one of the calls that, and people I got introduced to was someone who was just coming out of a, of an account executive manager role, basically the same role that we would hire for as the manager level. And we had a conversation and we were both very honest with each other. The the honest agreement, the honest like balance was that we're not quite ready to hire a manager. And he wasn't quite ready to join because we're a bit early on. And, you know, people like that don't want to join until like things are rocking and rolling. So we said, hey, let's do a little consulting arrangement. And so now he's our consultant and he's the person I go to with those thousand questions. So now we're hiring and he's helping in the hiring process and the job ads and the, you know, all of that, the interviews, and we're building up this core sales team that's going to be comprised of two AEs, two account executives, and two SDRs, and he's helping with the compensation structure and so on, and laying out the playbooks, the scripts. Right. One of those lessons that I'm happy to share a lot of these lessons as I like, I have a lot of lessons right now and I'm about to go test them. <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll find out what works for us and what doesn't work for us. But a lot of it is a lot of it is consensus. One of those things is the reason you and I, and a lot of other people listening, the reason you get a lot of phone calls these days is because phone calls work. So we have been sending emails and our conversion rate. But ask for the, ask for a call we've been sending emails asking for demos, but the, the conversion rate at that first stage of the funnel of you are a prospect in our CRM to you become a demo, that conversion rate is way too low. It's like 2%. And it should be closer to 10%, but the way that every single person I talk to that has this thing working is nice emails, but the way you actually get people on a demo is you call them up and say, I'd like to schedule a demo next week.
0: Good old fashioned cold calling. That's, that's well, it's cold
1: calling mixed into the cadence of the outbound sequence, right? So it's call, leave a voicemail, send an email about your voicemail, call the next day, send an email the day after, call. And that is universal from everyone I talk to is you can send all the emails you want, but you'll never get the conversion
0: rate, that first step of the funnel, anywhere near where you need it to be without mixing phone calls in. I've been going deep on on a similar thing. We're doing cold outreach and we're doing it for direct customers, but also for, for influencer relationships. And yeah, I've been experimenting and, and kind of tooling together different, different scripts and, and, different levels of personalization. Like these people are more important. Let's spend more time personalizing for them. And then mixing in social media engagement, like send them an email, give them a follow and a like on Twitter the same day that we sent them an email. Yep, connect on LinkedIn. And that seems like just a tactic, but you have to set up systems and processes for it to queue up the task for the VA to go do that at the right time. And, And so I've been spending a lot of time working that, stuff out and i think we got a pretty good system going and then same thing on the on the marketing side like on the content side like ha- having not just a writer but having an a, like starting with an seo keyword research and prioritizing our keywords and then handing it off to claire and me to to put in like some product positioning decision making then over to the writer then back to the the, start, the optimization then getting like just working all that stuff out it's been a been a process.
1: Yeah. That feels like our, you know, our jobs now in terms of working on the company is setting up those processes, setting up the systems to measure them, and then setting up the accountability measures to see what's going right and not right and making adjustments sooner rather than later.
0: But the one interesting thing with the, with the outreach, I've had some positive direct responses from it. Like, and what I currently do, I don't know if we'll do this forever, but like I'm asking for them to just reply to the email and then I reply back to them with a personalized zip message video for them. I'm looking at the analytics and I see more traffic to the site than, than the number of people who actually reply. So there's definitely people who don't reply, but they do go check out the tool right? That means they
1: are in the process in one way or another. And just sending up another follow-up email is just not going to convert very many. So what what I'm trying to do is be very okay with things that I did wrong and being okay listening to things that maybe I wouldn't naturally go toward. Like there is a reason effectively every single VC-backed SaaS company with good growth has a sales team and uses these tactics. Like it is one of the things in this business that you can control and measure and optimize over time. And so like card hook didn't work that way. And that's cool for card hook, but that does not mean it doesn't mean anything for rally. Right. Maybe later we'll get this big inbound engine because everyone knows how awesome we are. Like, nice story right now. I'm putting all of that crap away and I'm ready to run Mr. Jason Lemkin's Sastra playbook. Just tell me what I need to do, how I need to pay and how I need to set things up. And like, I'm doing away with any of like my, you know, preconceived notions. Yeah.
0: I've sort of settled into like a few like marketing channels that, that I'm trying to build up with people and processes. But one is the content SEO. I think that they're, especially with the area where we're starting to focus, like there, there's a lot of opportunity there, but then more is is this influencer outreach some of it is just through personal personal relationships but like actually having a system to try to drive more of this more opportunities people who reach our our ideal customers and i'm doing some like guest articles and webinars and and partnerships there and then the next piece is going to be like audience and and community of our like bringing our best customers together and because we have a target customer who is like they are all about recommending tools to each other, and that happens in communities, and we should be in those communities, but we should also start to build up our own sort of moat with uh, with our own sort of thing. so is that is that building your own community? I think so. we yeah. it, it, we haven't started it yet, but that's going to be like like now we have content and influencers. These are engines and processes up and running with people running them. The next one that we're going to look at is is building up our own like audience brand assets, whether it's like a niche newsletter with a, with a niche community, maybe a niche podcast interviewing our best customers. I have have questions on that. (laughs) So I guess
1: my question would be centered around where are you focusing your content at what part of the funnel? So like I, I, have, I have maybe like two questions there, right? So The first question is right now our, our assumption is that we need to do, we need like a two-step approach. We need to make sure the market knows that they need a checkout solution, that they can't just accept what the platform gives them. It's not good enough to compete with your Shopify competitors. You need a checkout solution. And then second step is that you should choose Rally for your checkout solution. Now, in that, like, where do you aim the content, like, you know, we
0: want to diversify and we want like this mixture for for us for for search content, like, and that's the the articles that we're developing. That's like purely aimed at search, and for that, we're look we're trying to go. We're starting with bottom of funnel intent.
1: Okay, so you okay. have you have a healthy search volume in in your your area.
0: yeah, I mean, we're working we're working through it right now, but there yeah, there there are topic and keywords that have search volume that are pretty clear intent. Like someone is searching for tools in this space. We got to be in that conversation. But it's not just writing the articles. It's also link building and and getting doing doing outreach to get mentions and other articles that that people are searching for. And so, so there's some of that. And then the audience and, and community stuff, I see as a much more longer term strategy, but one that if if we can start to build into it, it will be very valuable for us. We haven't even really started on it, but it's I, it's also like we're starting to niche down in, in one area. And I I also need to be talking to more of these ideal people, especially ones with large audiences, And having just having a podcast and inviting them onto a podcast, it's like the easiest way to to get them on a call. It's such a win win win, right? Because it's because they actually want to be on podcasts. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and they are people who have audiences, and they grow by being on other people's podcasts, and then they share with their audience, and they share with their audience, (laughs) and I get to have a conversation with them, and they are a perfect person to be talking to. Our ideal customers, because they yeah, are yeah. our ideal customers. Right. Okay. So, you, you,
1: so that's a nice alignment overall right there. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like our, our customer has no
0: interest in being on podcasts. The manager of a big commerce store. And I'm not talking about my Open Threads podcast. That's like a fun side hustle. I'm talking about like a new brand. It's the message focused. It'll be like a niche brand Podcast, probably a newsletter, probably some some other brand assets. Claire is going to be really running with this stuff, but we're going to get more into that in in the next few months. For for right now, the first priority was, let's like you were saying, like like okay, all that stuff is nice, long term good good to build into. But right now, the the first priority is like we we need to be on the most important search keywords, and that's search intent for looking for tools for this. We need to be have pages that that get that traffic and doing direct outreach to people who can give us a spike in, in visibility, influencer partnerships, guest article opportunities showing up in their newsletter, showing up on their podcast. that like, so that's like, that's like biz dev of sorts, right? It's not direct sales directly to a potential customer.
1: It is outreach to other people in the same. Like we're
0: doing both. I've, I've two campaigns. One is, and and there's still sub broken up into different segments, but like one is directly at people who we identify as like, this is a perfect customer for zip message. They should just know that we exist. Let's, let's do some outreach to them. The other one is like contacts who we know are influencers who, who have large audiences of our best customers. So we have a different campaign trying to start relationships with them, you know? And I don't, I don't know if that stuff is directly successful yet or not, but I, I have had some positive responses. I'm starting to see some traffic from that source. And I see signups that, like I'm seeing an increased number of signups who are our ideal target customer. And I'm I'm convinced that a lot of them are coming as a result of some of these outreach emails mm-hmm. we're sending. Um, right. So I don't know. Right, like, like it's, it's doing its thing. We're still on, in the early on days side. of all these channels, but like these are systems that I've been spending a lot of time building so that like, now that stuff will run. A team is overseeing it. A lot of it is automated. I can start to turn back to the, to the product. Back to it, the product, product.
1: <laughs> okay. So in, in the conversations that I'm having in like Slack communities, everyone's interested in this stuff. So I think, I think you and I, we're going to keep talking about this over the next, for sure. One thing that you did not mention. And it's funny that you didn't mention, and I think about it all the time. I think it's because you're naturally very good at it, and I'm very bad at it. Is the bottom of the funnel product marketing? It's almost like you do that naturally, like you build up a knowledge base and videos and a focus on the features and how to use them and all this stuff. Almost like as you're building the
0: product, I do. I do do it as I build the product. It's that part is a grind, though. I hate. I hate doing it. Is that right? yeah, like like the the k b article and the video the how to video and preparing the gif and tweeting it. and like, yeah, every time I finish a, a big new feature that that's going to be like announceable, like promotable, mm-hmm. you do yeah, all of that work the final the final steps, like on the same day that I deploy it to the app, I'm also gonna i I have optimized my workflow with it, but like I'll record so all right, the last feature we just shipped is drafts. so now now you can save a message as a draft before before sending it into a conversation. And this was the precursor to what we're working on now, which is video editing and audio editing. So now you can, next you're gonna be able to take these drafts and cut snippets out oh, of them. okay, okay. Like, so oh, I, w- I wanna cut off the, the first minute or the middle minute.
1: Right, so, so just that though, you do a good job of, you acknowledge that drafts, which doesn't sound like this huge feature, it is feature worthy. It is worth focusing on and identifying I feel like I, I do the engineering team such a disservice and the product team that we don't break up our product into these individual micro features and you
0: use them. Normally they're bigger one one big thing but like drafts wasn't a major wasn't a, a major need wasn't a big request but editing is and technically we can't have editing unless we have a concept of saving right, the draft concept. first. Yep. So we had to, and, and building drafts was a big thing in itself. So that took several weeks. First, we shipped that, and now, now we're, we're halfway done building the editing piece. Going back to your other thing, like so when we shipped the, the feature, usually it looks like I start it off, I scope it out, I design it, I do a little bit of the code work, then I hand it to the devs, they do the, the hard backend gnarly work, I come in and I finish it and clean it up and polish it up and get it shipped ready. We do a lot of testing. We write a lot of tests, then we ship it. And then that day I will record, I probably record for about five to eight minutes of, of me using it. And then I edit it down to a one to two minute walkthrough of, of the new feature. And out of that video, I also cut a small GIF that's that's tweetable. And then I take those assets, I, put them into an email newsletter. I schedule that for the next day. And then the knowledge base is now getting a little bit messy, but if it's a totally new feature that people might need help with, I always write up a KB article and I embed the video. So the video I just said, like I will put that on YouTube, drop the YouTube into the KB article and then write some notes so so that we have it. And I do try to knock out all that stuff As soon as we ship it, because if I don't do it that day, I'm never going to do it. That to me is what shipping is. It's, it's, it's launching the feature part of the process and and then just get the, get the other little stuff out because I want to be done and move on. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah,
1: Well, you, you kind of need it to be done because you need to like fold up your Swiss army knife. Right. And like, like, okay, that package has been completed. I used all my tools. I got the development out. I got the feature out. I got the marketing of it out. I got the knowledge base out. Yeah.
0: And I mean, yeah. going forward, like a lot of that stuff, I think maybe I'll, I'll still record a quick video, but maybe I'll start to hand it off to Claire and she'll handle the, the other pieces, you know?
1: Yeah. So. This, this marketing hire that uh, we're, we started interviewing one person, we'll put the job ad up and so on, but it really feels like this, there's a product marketing focus. You know, for, for sure, just because there's so much value to get out of the things that we're shipping, that we're not
0: getting value out of from a marketing sense. It's just shooting ourselves. The product marketing. So like when, with that, I think about the marketing website and the product pages, the homepage, and I do all that for zip message. And that takes me longer, especially if it's a whole new direction. So, but right now we are going in a new direction in the next few months. And so I'm starting to, in phases. Like right now, I'm building out just a just a one pager to start to tease some of the new stuff that's coming, and then later I, I'm gonna need to do a revamp of the website again to to focus on the on the new direction for the product. That's a, that's a, a longer process. I think that we have a good design now. I spent a ton of time on the current design, the font and the branding and the and the layouts and stuff. And man, I'll I'll say it again, Tailwind CSS is such a godsend, but like that enables me to really take what we have, rearrange and create a new page like in a day. I'll I'll hand code it, but it's like, that's pretty fast for me now because I don't have to go. I don't have to spend time like picking fonts and picking colors and stuff. That's that's all done. I just need to write new copy if I'm launching a new page. Cool. Well,
1: I feel like we could talk for another hour and keep going. <laughs> and I'm I'm excited to get back on track. Of course, next week I'm away, but when I'm back after that, great, man! Great to catch up. Good conversation. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hit us up with some questions. Yeah. What but else should we talk get- about?
0: What What are you What are you uh, hearing or not hearing from us that we are that you feel like we're leaving out? That
1: That would be good to know. From the sense I get from talking to people, people are focused. Things got real. The market kind of shifted, but it didn't implode. It's not like everything's over and everything feels a little more serious right now. And like it's go time. You know, I, I feel like I get the sense of that from friends when I started talking about like the sales approach. That we're, everyone's like, yes, hell yes. We want to hear more about that. This is what we're doing. And all of a sudden, you could see people are really focused on getting their business in the shape that they want it to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the economy is going to do what it's going to do. I feel like everyone has mostly been. Uh, reporting that like, you know, numbers are down from what they usually are, but like, you know, I see that and, and yeah, like my numbers aren't great either, but it's like there, there's not much we can do about that except for just work on, on the things that we can control. Right? So. So. Let's do it. All great right. to catch up.
1: Thanks everyone. Later.